Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at frito Welcome to the Kook Center Podcast, and here's your host. His hands up, knowing that he's beaten, he's able to deflect the pass away, keeping Kyle Wheaton from getting an easy basket. Washington State by eight with 42 and a half seconds remaining. Timeout Bulldogs. Michael Preston. Another edition of Quarantined Coog Center Hour. It sounds like we're, in the next few weeks, going to start figuring some things out about uh, fall sports in the NCAA. I know some professional leagues are probably looking at getting restarted. Uh, the Bundesliga has restarted, and if you don't have a team, I encourage you to join the Coog Center guys on Borussia Dortmund. I think, like Jeff said, you know, the colors are just so, like, different, like black and yellow. I don't have a team like that at all. It's either green and blue here in Seattle or crimson and gray for the Cougs. So it's kind of nice to have something different in my wardrobe. And I think my jersey's finally coming uh, as well. Uh, but another mega cast for you. And this one, going over a season, I know a lot of folks still remember. I, I make a few trip-ups in this podcast not remembering some things correctly. Um, but it's the 2006-2007 Washington State basketball season and I think one of the reasons why I was so uh, happy that we decided to do this mega cast style and that everybody kind of had an appetite to do it was because and we say this in the podcast is that this generation of Washington State fans that were in school kind of in that late aughts time their formative kind of the formative years of forming their Cougar fandom had nothing to do with Washington State football, it had everything to do with the basketball team. I mean, even that last uh, Tony Bennett year and Ken Bone's first year, the teams were both still very good. They went to the NIT both years. So, in fact, as the producer makes an appearance on the show, she's just so untickled that she doesn't get to do it more often these days. Um, but those teams kind of made you what you were in terms of a Coop fan. I, Craig was there for one year. I was there for both of those really good Bennett years, and it was sitting outside of Beasley Coliseum for 12 hours, just waiting to get in to the arena where you would sit for another two hours before the game started. And all those things, that bonding you went through with that team that was so, so good, and the conference that was so, so good back then. I mean, it was a the Pac-10 was on par, if not better, than the ACC and the Big East of that era uh, as well. I mean, there, there's really no debating it, given the talent that came out 
of that conference in that era. And I just, I like, we'll mention it again in the podcast. I think of some of the names that came out of the Pac-10 at that time, and it's incredible. But for me and for a lot of Kook fans, this was a time where, and it's very unique. I mean, the basketball team had been good at times in Wazoo's history, but never quite like this. And so it's really the the generation of Kook fans who really loved basketball. And basketball is what got them interested in being a Kook, not football. Because Lord knows, I mean, the football team was okay when I was a freshman and a sophomore. And then the Paul Wolf year started. So, <laughs> so that that is what really got people into being a Washington State fan. And so I'm so happy that we wanted to go back and explore this season. Because the next season... Obviously, 07-08, we kind of all expected that to happen. 06-07 was, yeah, the team's going to be better, but I don't think anybody really saw a run in the NCAA tournament coming. They did get to the round of 32, got knocked out in overtime by Vanderbilt, but still, a getting into the NCAA tournament and having a very good chance to get to the Sweet 16, just in Tony Bennett's first year coaching that team, I don't think anybody saw that coming. So, we have got almost two hours of reliving this season for you. That is how much how much fun we had with this. And even even the early games. Craig's the only one who remembers those early non-conference games. But we still go over practically every game in this 2006-2007 basketball season megacast. I hope you enjoy it. Fight song, other side. We go in depth on that year. here on the kook center hour another mega cast edition as craig power so elegantly put it if 1997 was for team old 2006 2007 basketball season is for team less old we are all still creaky and things are popping out of place but uh we are not going as far back in the past but we wanted to remember another great season and i think you know, the next season was really great, but this is kind of all where it really started. So we're here with Craig Powers, Kevin Dudley, Zane Murphitt, Mark Sandritter of kookcenter.com. I got like all these guys who, Zane and Craig have done this before, but Kevin and Mark haven't done this before. We're popping this cherry with them. This is an exciting evening. And I can even see you all on this Zoom call, even though we're on a podcast and we shouldn't be talking about that on a podcast, but I don't really care. That's how this show works. And I'm just blovating as I usually do. Uh, we'll start things off uh, with Craig because uh, Craig... You being a super fan of basketball was not a new thing for you before this season started, right? You you were into basketball. I think you and I talked about that when we did uh, your favorite memory of the SC game in 2013, that yes. this was not a new thing for you. Yeah, for sure. And I, and I have to get used to not nodding when you're talking because they can't see that. So, um, <laughs> just, keep, that. just keep nodding, dude. I, <laughs> I'm, not, gesturing. I'm yeah. gesturing, I'm pointing, I'm doing whatever. It doesn't matter. It's fine. Don't worry. Um, but yeah, so uh, 
I uh, I was a, a charter. Well, I'm the, I wouldn't say a charter. I, I joined Zucker the first year that it was um, a thing, which was my sophomore year, uh, which was uh, two thousand what two thousand four two thousand five. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember when they first started Zucker, I was like, you know, I was going to the games and stuff, and I'm like, who the hell is going to join this? Like, there's no way. Like, like we're we're not good. No one cares about these teams. Like, there's there's like a few hundred students at the games. Like it's not like maybe for Pac-12 games, you might get like a thousand students or Pac-10 games back then, of course. Uh, so it was, it was wild. But finally, um, uh, we had two friends. Well, I had a, I had a, we had, I had a friend that was a manager on the team. And then we had uh, me and another, my, my friend Heather, we kind of in our friend group kind of like uh, forced everyone to go to basketball games and like we're like not going to basketball games is the thing we do all right like and so we had all these friends that like weren't necessarily huge sports fans but they 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 were diehard cougar basketball fans like we watched all the games in our dorm rooms like in in, in our houses and stuff mm-hmm. and and uh if, if they were on tv i remember that that first year when uh then uh, zane has the shirt on of when uh uh uh, Thomas Kalati and Derek Lowe uh, went nuts down in Arizona and they and they and so that that second year of Dick Bennett that first year of Zucker I remember watching that um, in Wilmer Davis uh, in my girlfriend at the time's uh, dorm room so like so yeah we were we were like deep into it we uh, Dick Bennett's last home game um, we I remember we we all wore sweater vests and we uh we made a big sign we made a sign that said we love dick and then bennett really small underneath it. Um, and that was back when they actually had the the cage thing that uh-huh. year yeah. like and so you could hang stuff on the on the on that which i they have back again but like um yeah it was funny so yeah we we were we were in it and like but that season 2005 2006 which was you know a really tough season lots of losses and all that like you, you'd be lucky to have, like I said, like a thousand students for the UW game. You get more, obviously. For mm-hmm. um, I, I remember my freshman year before Zoo Crew, uh, the, the biggest crowd was when number one Stanford came to town, and that was a shitty game. We don't even talk about, but like, um, so we that was like before that it was the UW game and and that Stanford game. We kind of the biggest crowds I've ever seen, and then and I just. Zucker just felt like this kind of little, very, very niche club that that we, we were just kind of these weirdos a part of it. I think maybe um, by the end of my sophomore season or my junior season, junior season, junior year. No, no, uh, season. Maybe, no, 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 no. That's how I, that's how I talk <laughs> about my college years is yeah. in season. Um, I think there was maybe 500 people um, in it mm-hmm. at that point. Um, look, nice little anecdote. They had a... Um, they had a contest to win a, a trip to the Pac-10 tournament that year. Um, you had to get enough points to qualify. So it, it involved going to – you got a certain amount of points for going to men's games, and you got more points for going to women's yeah. games and stuff. Yeah. So um, I was trying desperately to qualify for that. I remember going on my breaks and going and scanning my cards at the window game while I was working, scanning my cards at the women's game, and then running out and going back to work. <laughs> Um, but so I actually was one of 17 people that qualified 
and I won the trip to the Pac-10 tournament. So that was pretty <laughs> cool. I've got to go watch us lose uh, to uh, Oregon. And that's yeah, that's to the tournament. That that's just us in the Pac-10, 12 tournament, except for this year when we won the national championship. So that's... yeah, that 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 sets it up. You know, there's maybe 500 people in Zoo Crew. Mm-hmm. It's it's not a thing yet. Like it's it's definitely not like. And then they they come out. They definitely pushed a little harder coming into this season. Um, if you were following the team, like you knew that these, these guys were coming to be juniors and they were going to be better. Like I, I remember talking with uh, my buddy who was a manager for the team. You're like, there, it felt like the NIT really was kind of a, a, a possibility. Like, like would, mm-hmm. it would be the goal that we'd be disappointed if they weren't good enough, even though they were picked 10th, but, but yeah, so basketball was a huge thing for me. Um, and so I was following everything as much as possible. The games, even if the games weren't on TV, um, yeah, basketball was was my thing. So that shirt I recognize that you're wearing because it's the color of the core crimson shirt. I remember when they gave that away. Yeah, yep. they, that was a that was a very simple and like the font is just tiny and centered on it mm-hmm. under a little kook head. It's like it's like the most basic shirt ever. Kevin, you grew up in Spokane, so you were at least somewhat familiar with Gonzaga at this point. They were not quite what they are now back then, but. You end up going to Wazoo. So what do you remember in your buildup, kind of your fandom of this season and what actually led you to Wazoo in the first place as a kid from Spokane, other than just it was down 195? Well, that was mostly it. It was, it was local. <laughs> that um, was it. Yeah, forget it. That was it. <laughs> it was affordable. But yeah. uh, I actually got into WSU football during the Drew Bledsoe years when I was real young. Mm-hmm. So that's really what started it. Um, but didn't really follow the basketball team much until Dick Bennett came. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm hearing Craig right, I, I'm probably a year younger than Craig. My freshman year was Dick Bennett's last season. Um, I remember when they beat Arizona down in Arizona with Thomas Kaladi and those guys. I actually remember where I was. I was in my high school on a weekend for filming some video we were making for some class. I don't remember what, but it was just the weirdest thing. I, a buddy of mine who was there with me, he, his parents had season tickets to Cougar basketball games. Um, and I remember him getting a phone call saying they just beat Arizona. It was this huge deal. And that's when I really started to get uh, interested in WSU basketball. I watched mm-hmm. them play um, the season before, uh, one of the Dick Bennett years, I watched them play at Gonzaga. Um, Gonzaga won, obviously. But once I came to WSU, I was real interested in the Dick Bennett style of play i'm 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 kind of an outlier i love that kind of play for whatever reason i don't know why but um so i went to all the games my freshman year um it was easy to get in and get a good seat and there were some exciting games uh you know like craig said they they had their fair share of losses but a lot of them were were pretty close and maybe one or two possession games um Mm -hmm. and then when tony bennett was named the head coach he was kind of an unknown he was a young guy i think he was only 36 or 37 um, might have been even younger than that, I think. Maybe I'll actually look that up. But I think, yeah, you're right about you're right about right there. Yeah, and he, I mean, I I remember reading things about him saying we're going to open up the offense a little more, but we're still going to stick to our defensive <laughs> principles. And okay. compared to the Dick Ben teams, they did open their offense, even though it wasn't much of an offensive team. Mm-hmm. Um, and what what I'm sure we'll talk about soon is it wasn't until that Gonzaga game. Um, was when everybody really took notice and said, okay, this is a team to, to take serious. You're actually right. It was exactly, he was 37 years old. So there you go. I don't even know why I wondered that. Uh, Mark, you went to Wazoo as well. And these were kind of your formative years. And I, I've, I've talked about this 
with folks before. So, I mean, I, A, I want to know what got you to Wazoo. But for us, it was kind of like weird to be in this generation of Coug fans who the thing that got you like really passionate about Wazoo was not the football team. And it, I, I kind of feel like, yeah, I mean, the, bas- the, the basketball team had like those glimpses of being really good in the past, but nothing like what we're going to talk about. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I ended up there mostly for the journalism program and the mm-hmm. comm school, as I'm sure many of us did. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think my, so that was, that was my junior year as well. And then just thinking about like my friend group, then like we were way heavier into basketball, not that we didn't go to the football games, but just like, yeah. you know, I remember watching all the NBA games, the Sonic games, rest in peace, you know, back then that was like what we did. And so basketball just was like, it was fun to me. Like, you know, you, the games were even like in the years before that, I just like going to the games. I always thought they were like a fun atmosphere. And then um, it was interesting, like the year before this. So my closest interaction with anyone on that team, besides like dorm freshman year stuff was uh, I was geology lab partners with Joshua Cohen uh, the year before during the season. So it was really interesting. Like he and I, uh, I mean, I guess the transcripts are final sounds worry about this. Like he and I would just talk hoops the entire class and then like, Oh yeah, we need to do this, whatever. They're not going to change a grade. Whatever rock we were supposed to be looking at, like, Oh yeah, we did that. And the two things I remember were one, we got smashed by Baylor the year before. I think Mm -hmm. we like went down like 27, nothing or something like we didn't even scored. And him just telling the story of like, realizing he was on the bench he was like six man that year and he like looked up he was like what the hell and then Oklahoma State but yeah oh yeah Oklahoma State yes thank you some other big 12 team (laughs) yeah yeah that's right it was Oklahoma State and then um the second thing was we were still in that class when Tony took over the team so of course like you know I'm like dude what's gonna happen what's it gonna be like he's like oh yeah we're gonna we're gonna open up the offense it's gonna be great we're gonna be really good next year and then he transferred like two weeks later so (laughs) <laughs> that was the end of that. But I remember being excited for this season just based on him being like, oh, we're going to be really good next year. I was like, all right, like, great. Yeah, I mean, he's totally yeah. going to be really good. Like, I'm in. So I do remember that leading into the year, thinking that, like, because in one geology class, he had told me they were going to be good. Oh, we're going all the way this year. Was Kurt Wilkie teaching that class at that time? Oh, was man. 101 uh, or what? What, which... I could not tell you. All I know is I got stuck with the – we got stuck with the worst lab. I think we had lab at, like, Tuesday at 8 o'clock at night or something. Oh. It's the only thing I remember was we had the very worst lab time, but Josh and I would just talk hoops the whole time. Yeah, I, I remember the, the, like, the capstone project in that was you had to, like, take pictures of rocks. Yes. And that meant everybody, <laughs> everybody went to Palouse Falls and everybody went down to the river on, like, the same – the same day to do that like you know of yep. course, before the projects do everybody had to do that uh zane my woodenville compatriot and the man who still actually manages to live close to uh our hometown uh well i guess i'm not far away either but um but we we've kind of gone over you know what got you to wazoo uh before but kind of what got you into basketball because i know it was just i mean obviously you're just a guy who's a super fan of of wazoo was that what it was or was it just that you also kind of got hooked on this team that oh my god all of a sudden they just exploded out of the gate and where the heck did this come from yeah it was honestly josh Akoyan the year before mm-hmm. there was a at UW, he rained like 27 points on them yep. and just completely took the game over. And uh, I, I love basketball as well as love sports. And, and uh, that game was like, 
I was so bummed when he transferred, Mark, because I was I, – and I felt like the the Bennett teams had always hit these scoring droughts, and there was a couple times it happened that season, and I felt like he would have been the perfect guy to, like, break through. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and so it was – that was really the performance. I remember watching that game and being just like, I got to – like, I'm going to prioritize going to – trying to get into the zoo crew and, like, be up front after that because the team was just so uh, – like cool they just seemed very relatable and accessible you know I remember like seeing them on campus and they were always down to say what's up and so uh, I got hooked from that game and mm-hmm. and then uh, I remember seeing Craig and Zoo Crew all the time and ended up uh, like becoming a you know camping out by the time I was a, like a senior and you know being just super into it where mm-hmm. I feel like WSU basketball was like by far the main priority of my kind of sporting experience while I was yeah. in school. Um, yeah, I think, awesome. yeah, but I remember that. Because the that. football team is horrible. Yeah, well, there was that too. I mean, I mean, they weren't horrible my my freshman year, but they they didn't make a bowl and then it all just like off a cliff from there. It was horrible. I actually remember camping out. My Xbox 360 does not work anymore. I think largely in, thanks in part to the fact that it was out in 10 degree weather for about 12 hours for a lot of times. Um, Tony Bennett coming into this season, uh, Kevin, do you remember what you thought about him, like, at all? Because if I'm remembering right, this was a – when Jim Sterk hired Dick Bennett, this was a package deal. This was not like, you know, Dick's going to come – like Dick said, I am coaching for three years, and then my son is going to do this. You don't hear about that ever anymore, especially at a Pac-10 school that, like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to hire this guy, and then his, his son's going to do it after he's done, no questions asked. Like, that just does not happen. Do you remember what you thought about him other than, wow, he's handsome? Oh, well, of course. He thought yeah, it was, it was, that was very, pretty limited, I know. Yeah. That's also um, – Yeah, Dick Bennett was basically a three-year interim coach or however long he was there. And then Tony, yep. this young guy's taken over who, you know, some people may think, oh, it's just playing, playing family favorites. This guy's unproven. But he proved us wrong pretty quickly. Um, like Zane and Mark said, Josh Okoyan coming back and with – Reports saying the uh, the offense might open up a little more. I thought, great. Well, we've we've got a good guard there. Derek Lowe um, had been hurt previously, but he he'll be back. Kyle Weaver's real athletic. Um, we thought, great. This this might work out well. And then when Akoyan transferred, he kind of stepped back and went, well, maybe we're a year or two away, if that's um, because of all these guys might graduate in a year or two. Mm-hmm. But you know, they started off the year. I think what was it, seven and zero or so, and then they lost to Utah. Um, and everybody thought, great, maybe this guy's for real. He's, he's, yes, we are still the defensive team that we were under Dick Bennett, but yeah. um, he's allowing guys to, to, to get open on offense and kind of run, run his type of offense that was more uh, conducive to the players he had. Was that kind of the same thing you were thinking, Mark, as well? Was that it was just, it was just you know, it wasn't necessarily different than what Dick Bennett was doing, but it was, it was an improvement in some ways. Yeah, I remember the first game I remember of that year that I can still think of was like the Idaho State game, which was really close. And I remember thinking like, oh, we won. Like, that's really good. But then I was kind of like, is it going to be different? Or is like we're eking out, I don't know, two, three-point wins against these teams? Like, is it actually mm-hmm. going to be different? But, yeah, I definitely remember just like, I don't know, maybe it was just because of um, just New Year, but being more excited thinking that like, it was going to open up and kind of change and be like a little bit different of a year. Yeah. Zane, I saw you nodding along to the Idaho state uh, win, close win. Was that, was that kind of what you were thinking too, that it's like, Oh God, please not this. Like, cause I know that's what I, I was, 
I, I know, I think like there was a close win this year's team had. I can't remember which one it was where I looked at it and I went, please God, not again, not this again. <laughs> totally. Yeah, I mean, Idaho State was up at, I just looked it up, they were up by one at the half. And so it was <sighs> like, you know, the first game against UAB, they won by 11 and then that, uh-huh. and it was just, yeah, it definitely was like, are we going to be that team that doesn't have a score, you know, that doesn't have a, a, somebody who can take over when you need need them to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so there was definitely, you know, some nervousness about that of kind of seeing how it would turn out. Cause it was a big, it was, it, it felt like a big bet, you know, the whole Dick to Tony thing. I'm sure nobody else in the basketball world was really paying attention because WSU was such an afterthought because of, you know, we hadn't yeah. been any good leading up to that. Um, but it did feel like a ton of promise and then not quite on the precipice, but like, this is not quite the start we wanted, but it was also, we were undefeated as well. Right. So this is also very cool. Yeah. Uh, But, you know, left, you know, still, you know, like the narrative wasn't quite built, built yet. And there was that uh, you knew they were going to play great defense, but you weren't quite sure what was going to happen on offense, especially with the, you know, probably best scorer on the team the prior Mm -hmm. year being gone. Craig, you mentioned before we started here that, you know, because what I kind of said was I wanted to get to that game that, you know, that that first one that really, really hooked a lot of people on this team. But you've got memories and you remember things because, like you mentioned, you were following this team, like whatever it took, like linked up with Ukrainian satellites. It didn't matter. You were going to find a way to either watch or follow a game because this is back in the dark old days when – you know, A, certainly not every game was on TV. I mean, not even close to every game was on TV. No, not at all. Uh, if you had a radio nearby, you could – use. you know, it was always on the radio, but you were in your 20s in the 2000s. Not a lot of those kids listen to the radio. So, game casts weren't really a thing either. So, how did you kind of, like, follow along with this team early on? And what do you remember from some of those early games? Well, I remember uh... – Going into the season, I, I get I did not have the same feeling about Josh Coyne because uh, he, the team did not like him very much. Uh, he didn't play any defense. Like he was just he didn't fit that at all. It was a bummer. He did worry about the scoring, but like when I talked to the you know the managers and stuff, they're like, yeah, we're not we're not missing him too much. Um, and it really kind of that very first game against UAB, uh, Low went for twenty eight. And you're like, all right, uh, we do have a – we knew he could score. Um, he was the highest-rated guy in this class, and, and he kind of showed it. Um, and another, I think Matt Hobson had like nine assists in the first game too. It's that, yeah. yep, that, that, that turned out not to last very long um, once Taylor Rochester emerged. But, um, but yeah, so, it, the, so you're going these games. Yeah, definitely that Idaho State game. I remember that, those same thoughts. Uh, the next game was a Boise State, or it was against Boise State again in uh, in Spokane, and it was um, during uh, Thanksgiving break. I remember um, I was trying to listen on the radio at my house in uh, in Natchez, um, and the the feed the week I like none of I could just not get a good radio feed, and I could not like it was just not coming in very clearly on whatever. Uh, it, it, there's even a possibility that. There, it wasn't even available in Yakima, honestly. Yeah. Um, but I do remember, um, I, I think I, I was texting some friends about the game and who could follow it better. It got down to the end and they were, they were trailing. And 
I I I remember I I had like a I think I had like a Nokia phone and but I it could still like connect and see scores but I didn't have like data package but I was like I don't care oh like, yeah no. I I'm going on the score thing and I'm checking on on my Nokia phone because I have to know if they win or lose this game and so I'm going and um it was like basically a little like like basic game tracker and David Harmling hit two threes at the end of the game um, to take them from trailing to leading. And they ended up um, winning that game. And I remember being super hyped um, in, in like my bedroom, it, like just like looking at my phone being like, I hope I don't get charged too much for this. Um, you know, I, I hear lots of men have the same thought these days about a decidedly different thing, but yes, now, this was back in the bad old days when it was just like, yeah, I remember you like, like every Nokia had like a little internet, like a globe button on like one side of the phone. And right. yeah, you, you needed to get what information you needed real quick. Cause otherwise you were oh, going to, yeah. I remember, I remember fun. just like checking and then I would like count down for like, okay, it's not going to update for like 60 seconds anyway. Like, so just turn it off and like wait 60 <laughs> seconds and then look and then like wait 60 seconds and then look. And it's weird that I have that memory, but like, yeah, you could not follow. Like I, I would guess that none of these games before Gonzaga were on TV. No. Like, I don't know. I don't think any of them were. I don't, I don't, I don't think so because I, I mean, you know, like we, like we talked about just looking at it because I mean, I was a freshman this year and I was kind of brand new to the basketball team and I, I barely know that I barely knew they existed before that Gonzaga game. Like yeah. I, it just, it was, it was not something uh, that I remembered. Um, do you have any other memories like early on? I think you mentioned to, you had like a, where was that the story you wanted to tell? Then that I, was the story. Okay, that was the one you wanted to tell. You I do to remember okay. that that the Utah loss leading into the Gonzaga being very disappointing because mm -hmm. um, uh, Utah was a Mountain West team and not supposed to be that good, and they just went down and got their butts kicked. And it was like uh, we got Gonzaga coming up next, and you know, are we even good? Like, um, but yeah, the, obviously there was a lot of hype still going into that Gonzaga game. Mm -hmm. I remember. Um, I think the six the people remembered the seven zero start and then weren't paying enough attention to know that they had lost the game yeah. in between. Yeah. Well, no, I know I wasn't. I know that's for sure. But again, that's kind of the benefit and the drawback to no TV back in the day. Kevin, I mentioned before you grew up in Spokane, so you knew. I mean, you know all about Mark Few. You still know all about Mark Few and and that team that's scared to play Wazoo. Um, what did you did you like have any anticipation going into this game because this is the one I, I you know like I talked about before the one we kind of want to talk about because it's it's kind of like the like first thing a lot of people I know it's really the first thing I remember about this team is being able to go to this game and and to watch it and to have that experience yeah growing up in Spokane Gonzaga's everything here um, you know they've been to the tournament now for 20 21 years in a row so mm -hmm. Growing up as a kid, I was I was a follower of Gonzaga. I was never a diehard. I went to a few games. Yeah. Um, but once I got to late high school and into college, I was all about Wazoo athletics. I didn't care about Gonzaga. It, it, it's weird how my Gonzaga following just kind of went away. I had no emotional connection to them. Um, but going into the game in 06, uh, I had a being from Spokane. I have a lot of friends who are Gonzaga fans. I had a few mm -hmm. friends who were Gonzaga students at the time. I had a couple friends who were fellow Wazoo students with me who I was standing next to at the game who were quietly 
rooting for Gonzaga yeah. just because oh I know and everybody it pisses everybody off but that's the really kind of hold the players people, off yeah mm-hmm. kind of hold Gonzaga had on the Spokane community um, but going into that game I was actually lucky to be able to attend that game um, I was a tutor back then uh, during that semester or that school year and the rule was the tutor couldn't reschedule the tutoring session but the student who was being tutored could and yeah. I saw the, my schedule that week I saw right at I guess it was 7 or 7 30 that's when I was scheduled to tutor a student and I thought oh man I'm gonna miss this huge game it's sold out it's it's Gonzaga I've got friends up up in Spokane chewing me out about this luckily the day the day of about lunchtime uh, the student I was tutoring calls and says hey I gotta cancel something came up and I was like great fine no problem we'll wrap this back up next week so I get I race back to my apartment change into uh, my rattle the cage shirt um, I remember it was bitter cold. That, that's what I remember from that game. Was it? I, yeah, you know what I think. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, it was. It was chill. I mean, it was obviously it was early December, so it's yeah, Eastern Washington. But yeah, I, I do remember walking out of there, and it was. It was brutally cold, but um, I was pumped to be able to go to the game because you know we were seven and one. Gonzaga's, I think Gonzaga was ranked at the time. Yeah, I think they were seventeen. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. seventeen or eighteen. So. I knew it was going to be sold out. I'd never been in Beasley Coliseum when it was that packed. Um, I didn't know, you know, I, I had no feeling whether we'd win or lose. I was mm-hmm. really hoping we would win so I could rub it into all my Spokane friends. Um, and lo and behold, you know, we, we were down 10 or 12 points a couple times in that game. And everybody knows Harmeling hits a big three to kind of seal it mm-hmm. at the end. And it was madness. It was wonderful calling my friends back in Spokane after the game. Saying, hey, uh, <laughs> see that game? Did you see that? Did you see that? Do you do you remember? Do you remember what happened just now, uh, Mark? Do you what do you remember like atmosphere wise from that game? Because I I think it was the first college basketball game I I'd, I'd been to in a while, and I was only eighteen at the time. But what I can remember is towards the end of that game, and you know I I don't like remember specifics, but what I remember is this feeling of just being like overwhelmed by the electricity in in the building leading up to i mean just like during the game and then especially in the second half when wazoo took the lead for good yeah no i I agree i think to campus i remember campus is feeling a little different that week because of it was i think that game was like a tuesday or wednesday it wasn't like the usual thursday saturday i think it was yeah it was was on a tuesday yep Mm -hmm. yeah because i remember just like that day especially like everyone all the people like half the class would be wearing Gonzaga shit and half the class would be wearing WC oh, stuff. And I remember this kid in one of my classes at like noon was like, can we get out of class early? We want to go stand in line. And it was just like, what? Like that wasn't a thing before that. that I remember <laughs> Basketball season. So like campus has felt different that week. And then, yeah, mm-hmm. that game, I mean, we had terrible seats. I remember being like near the very top of the student section, like in the second part, but it just, yeah, it was like a different atmosphere. It was the first time, at least I experienced that at Friel, mm-hmm. of just kind of having that kind of electricity. And even even though, like, maybe it was like 50-50 is how I'm remembering it in the class, it felt by the end of that game, at least where I was, it was had kind of turned and people had kind of, like, really bought in by that game. Zane, is that kind of what you remember too? Because I, I think that's kind of one of my memories as well, is that I had a lot of classmates. I mean, even all the way to my senior year in 2010 was – a lot of people repping the Havsey shirts with the Gonzaga and Wazoo on each side. Do you, do you remember that all kind of turning and then, and everybody just kind of all of a sudden is a big Wazoo fan in the crowd or 
uh, not. <laughs> I, w- I was more shocked at the fact that anyone was on the fence. Having grown up in the Seattle area and been kind of whatever about UW or WSU mm-hmm. and switching so hard to like ardent sports hatred of UW, I couldn't really understand why everyone else wasn't like that. Uh, I don't necessarily remember people who were Zag fans turning and rooting for the Cougs. I just would try to get everybody to boo any WSU student who was in Zag gear like, <laughs> anywhere. Just, just like, what? why are you doing this? You know, and, and mm-hmm. getting into so many petty arguments uh, leading up to the game. And uh, there's a, one of my wife's best friends. I, her and her friend wore Gonzaga shirts to the game and they were students and we got the whole section to boo them and throw stuff at them. And they, they still give me a hard time about it, but I'm like, no regrets. No, you should. I think, do you think it's because, you know, you mentioned where growing up in the Seattle area, where there's, there's such that when, when you go to Wazoo, you don't like UW anymore. Like there's just, there's just that understanding that you don't like anything to do with UW athletics anymore. There's a huge rivalry. Do you think it's just because like to that point, it, it just for like, for whatever reason had not really been an intense rivalry. Like I cannot remember growing up as a kid be like, Oh yeah, those Wazoo Gonzaga basketball games. Like, of course, like, yeah, no, I, I remember, Oh, you know, like, Oh yeah, really intense. Like it just, I don't, I don't remember any of that. Totally. You think that's probably why. Yeah. I mean, as an adult with my frontal cortex closed and being able to reason. Yeah. Like, yes, that makes total sense. As a you know college aged person, I was like, no, I don't care how irrelevant anyone. This is no. This is, will not stand. Yeah. So I, I was, I was ruining people's weeks the whole time leading up. To it. <laughs> Sounds like you ruined somebody's life. Yeah. <laughs> Partially, you Maybe left so. them scarred. Oh my well, god. That was, so that was. I mean, that was part of the frustration of it. Was like the in the the start of the game, there was a lot of Gonzaga fans in Beasley, and they were walking around like they owned the place. I mean, they were mm. chanting. Coming into the student section, it was really intense, you know, and it was shocking, like, that there was that many – because I had never really been in an environment of a basketball game at WSU outside of when UW came and played the prior year and they were going for the sweep where it was like there was a lot of, of just buildup or atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so walking into the arena and there being all these Gonzaga fans, but being able to tell a bunch of them were, like, wazoo students was just amped up the you know intensity for yeah. all of us who were their root for the cougs to a yeah. whole different level they, I think, they left they left early the gonzaga fans did yeah they did yeah. didn't they yeah i do remember that yeah. yeah i remember all them filing out and i remember being a very uh and now again that recall of the cool weather and i remember being the big brave 18 year old yelling at some of them as i as i ran back to the dorm to get pizza whatever god awful hour they were still serving it there uh craig i it's so funny because and again another one of my like weird distinct memories is the this was back when the tv bench was down in the corner like it wasn't in front of the students it was down in the corner and it was opposite where david so like exactly kitty corner from where david harmeling hit that three-point shot to kind of really put the dagger in it it was brian davis who had the call on fsn and I, it's still like Mr. Brian Davis, who a two-yard draw play on third and 16 elicits like screaming of a pleasurable nature. <laughs> um, but 
what what do you remember kind of like like because it seemed like to me when Davin hits that three to seal the deal there's just like this explosion I mean obviously it's just an explosion of noise and excitement but it was almost like an explosion of letting out that this game's over now and and like Zane said the Gonzaga or like Kevin said excuse me the Gonzaga fans can go ahead and pack up and leave yeah, that was um, – it's still to this day, that's one of the most intense atmospheres I've ever been to a sporting event. And I think part of it was like, yeah, there was probably, you know, a third of the crowd was Gonzaga. Like people – not even just like WSU students in like secretly rooting for Gonzaga. It was people like in Gonzaga gear full-on rooting for Gonzaga. So mm-hmm. you maybe had like 7,000 WSU fans and like 3,000, uh, you know, Coop uh, fans. but or, or or Zag fans, whatever. Um, but yeah, so it's, it was so intense and it was just one of those games where you just, you wanted it so bad. Like once, once you got down to that end, like you just wanted the game so bad because you wanted the team to be relevant. And it's just one of those games where like, if we win this game, then yes, we're relevant. Like this team is legit. Yeah. Like seven and one is, is legit. And yeah. So right, you know, right before that play, I think when, they they have a they have the out of bounds low head on the previous possession got an and one uh to put them up five and the place absolutely went nuts on that shot um but then yeah basically davins just like they they have a the inbounds from underneath the basket and you you're 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 not paying attention to like anything but the ball right so you're not like looking you're not i it, it you know, when you see the TV replay, like, David is wide open. Like, they're not even paying attention to him. This dude that's been torching them all night. And, like, yeah. <laughs> and and I remember David taking that shot and it just ripping the net. And you're – that just erupted. And I'd never, ever, ever seen anything like that at a Coug basketball game or even a Coug football game. Like, it was just – it was the eruption and, like, I – I just like was yelling and screaming and jumping. And I've seen uh, like, there's this, uh, the shot that was on ESPN the next day. And I'm like turned around, like hugging all the people behind me. And like all my friends around me are like screaming. Like it was, uh, it was just so, so crazy. Like just to like, at that moment, you knew they were going to win. Cause it was like, yeah. they're up eight. There's like 45 seconds left. Like you're like, Holy, Holy crap. Like this is going to happen. And um, then it was just uh, waiting for the clock to run out and waiting to rush the court after that. Mark, was that a first time court rush for you? Because I know, I know it was for me. And I know I, I like had, uh, I think we were about, I would say about 90% of the way up, you know, like the, like the below concourse part. And I, I was like holding body. I had like an arm out above the aisle to like, let me get into the aisle. Cause I was luckily, I think on the aisle, for this so I, my big fat butt was getting down the aisle onto that court was that did you manage to get down there or did you uh because i think you you said your position was a little higher up right yeah we tried but we did not because we were i think i was upper concourse maybe like two three rows from the top we were like oh, last geez. seats okay. of the student section yeah. so i remember like craig saying like you know they go up eight with whatever seconds left and we're like wow they're gonna do this like we gotta get down there and everyone had the same thought at the same time so like that navigating <laughs> by the time we actually like got down there the court was already dispersing, so it was a little, a little anticlimactic. At the end for, <laughs> you for should me. have just, like, 
She just kept going. Trying to get down. You're working your way down. You're working your way down. Then everyone's just like leaving. You're like, okay, woo. Great job, guys. (laughs) Yeah. Zane and Kevin, did you guys get down there? Did you guys get on the court? I was one of the last ones on the court, I think. Um, we, my seats, I remember, were either last row of the lower bowl or second to last, and mm-hmm. um, there was a big rush ahead of me, but me and a, a buddy of mine went down there at the very end. We were kind of on the perimeter of the whole mosh pit, so it was still real cool to kind of look up and see the, whole, the big crowd that stuck around. Um, so, yeah, I made it, but uh, not very far. Yeah. How about you, Zane? We were just outside the cage, and before the game, some Gonzaga fans or students came into the student section, and they were chanting uh, this Gonzaga chant, and they ended up, like, right next to me. I was sitting on the edge of or the end of the row, and uh, another student confronted them and stopped them, and uh, everyone started throwing all the newspapers that you had, uh, you know, to, to pregame at these fans, and I turned to my right and my friend Kyle was sitting like four seats over and the guy standing next to me, the Gonzaga fan, he had like sweatpants on with basketball shorts on underneath him. And he just mouths to me, pants him. And without thinking, I turn and just pants him. So he's now just in basketball shorts. And as I did that, the student who had confronted him, he was holding a pizza, just batted it up in the air. And so the pizza goes flying newspapers raining down on him he's like holding his hands up like what the hell and this uh crowd management guy comes up and grabs him and he looks at me and goes this should be you and escorts him out of the student section (laughs) and uh, i'm like whoa like yeah that should be me totally should have gotten kicked out and so when the game ended we pushed right up and that same guy was looking at us like you're not getting on the court none of you are getting on the court we were like oh really And uh, once the buzzer ran, it was basically like I got almost like lifted up and was just a human battering ram and bowled the guy (laughs) over. And then we were out in the mosh pit on the court, which was wonderful. I think Sherwood had this observation during the 97 uh, season megacast. It's like, dude, you don't get paid enough to stand in the way of all these kids who are going to come barreling down the pike at you and you are going to get out of the way. Like, there's just no way that's going to – like, I, yeah, I, it was, that was a fun time. I think it's actually still my only court storming at Wazoo. I think I'll, for all the rest of the really lame ones, I was up in the press box. I, the, the field storming 09 against Southern Methodists still remains. Oh. I'm always supportive of a court storming but or field storming, but maybe pick your spots a little bit better. Okay, uh, you go to the Battle of the Palouse the next week. Uh, Wazoo wins like they should. They take care of Northridge. And beat San Diego. Did anyone else go well. to the Idaho game? Did I assume that Craig went? I have to assume he went to the Cowan Spectrum. I we went and we basically just all had our dicks out and we're like, like, <laughs> like, what? What you want this Idaho? Like we just beat Gonzaga. <laughs> and then we went into the Cowan Spectrum, which is just a hilarious uh, setup. It's a horrible g- – if you want to even call it a gym, it's a horrible gym. One oh, of my friends terrible. went up to uh, Thomas Abercrombie, if you guys remember that name. I do remember and, Thomas and Abercrombie. He was, he was red-shirting, and he's sitting down – like he's sitting in like uh, a seat near us, and she just walks over to him and goes – Nice job, red shirting. And we're like, why would you say that to him? <laughs> why would you? God, Jesus. What and that's he why he left. That's like, right. you know what that Never is? lived up to expectations. 
That is that comment. That's like a Michael Jordan level of like, I picked you out to like make fun of you and I'm going to do it. You didn't do anything to me. No, she, she, she like meant it with all sincerity. Like it was, she, she was just trying what? to be nice. You mean that with all sincerity, but that sounds horrible. Like nice job sitting on your ass and not doing anything. <laughs> in her defense, in her defense, wasn't the game at like 10 at night or something? Yeah, it was really late. Oh, was yeah. it? Jesus. Nine thirty, maybe. Horrible. Who else? Who else has ever been to the Cowan Spectrum? I've been, but for an for an actual Idaho like whack game, like. Oh, okay. I'm yeah, the I've been to. I've been to. Uh, <laughs> I had a buddy that uh, was a coach at San Jose State. Well, Tim Marion, who coached here, and mm-hmm. has went back and forth to San Jose State a couple times. But he, he, he was coaching San Jose State, and my senior or. or it was maybe it was that same year, and I remember going to see uh, them play Idaho, which was a, a real clash of the Titans. Well, you went because you knew somebody there. I li- we literally went on a Thursday night a couple times because we were bored, and they happened to have a home game. They gave WSU students a five dollar ticket for some reason. Like I don't know why they only charged us five bucks. Um, I do want to talk about the UCLA game here that happened. Uh, at the beginning of the conference season, and before we get into the, the conference schedule, because, I mean, this is obviously when the team hits their stride. We'll talk about that Arizona game. I want to talk about that Washington game uh, for sure. But, Mark, <laughs> this team runs roughshod over the conference at, like, any other point in conference history. Like, almost any other point – they just run roughshod over the whole damn conference. Except for this year, and we won't, we're not going to talk about next year, but except for this year and the next year when the conference was, I wouldn't even say arguably, it was the best conference in the country. They had like eight tournament teams or something like that. It was insane. Yeah, I mean, if you look at it now, and like thinking about the Pac-12 where it is now, it's like, I wish we had that team now. Yes, I know. I know UCLA was number one that year. I, I think they played another two other top ten teams. There's a bunch of ranked Pac-12 yeah. teams. Arizona is at seven, and then Oregon at seven. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was. Oh my god. Yeah. Sorry. Anyway, I'm. I'm. And just the talent in the conference too. If you think about like the amount of guys who went under the NBA, the Lopez brothers. You know, Stanford wasn't even. Stanford was good, but not that great. Like there's just so much talent in the league that year so yeah it's you kind of wish you had that team now um but maybe maybe they will soon i and i it's so funny like whenever i try to think back on who they had uh on those you know like on those other teams kevin it was it was like aaron aflalo and then kevin i mean kevin love was the next year he was one and done but aaron aflalo i think darren collison uh oj mayo uh taj gibson uh tawan porter aaron brooks uh, John Brockman, Spencer Hawes, and and every time I do this, I end up forgetting another NBA draft pick. That's how insane this conference was. Yeah, Ru- Russell Westbrook was real young for for UCLA. Russell That's Westbrook, a- see, I yeah. like Jesus. Yeah, I yeah, think that- this was the year that Westbrook kind of blew up a little bit. Yeah. Oh my God. Like, I think he grew a few inches and then started dunking all over the place. Yeah. Yep. What? I want to start. So we'll start with this UCLA game here. They lose at Westwood, a close game. And I think that would kind of be a theme with this team 
um, throughout the Bennett years is that they, they would play close at UCLA, but not win. Not that, you know, again, it's kind of like winning at the Coliseum in football. It just generally doesn't happen for Wazoo. Um, but Craig, what, what is kind of your enduring memory from this one? Because they would go on the next week to beat SC, but I, I, you know, I know starting off the PAC 10 schedule is not great with a loss, but it is UCLA. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it just kind of confirmed that they were good, that they, they were able to take uh, the number one team in the country on the road uh, down to the wire. Um, they had a shot right at the end to, uh, um, to, to tie the game. Um, and, but they, you know, they couldn't, um, uh, it, but then go, then going and beating USC, I'm really, you were looking at that and you were like, if they can get a split on the road, like it's great. And then they, mm-hmm. they nearly take down UCLA too. And so, you know, it, I think that UCLA game was on TV and that was a, that was a tough one, um, to follow, but, uh, um, it was always weird. It was always hard to find the games. I think it was like a pay-per-view or something like that. Um, <laughs> Cause it was on like FCS Southwest or whatever. Um, yeah. FCS college sports or yeah, yeah whatever yeah. the hell that but was. Yeah. I remember just uh, they had the lead um, early and, or in the second half and it really looked like they were going to, um, you know, take care of business. But UCLA just had, like, as you said, they just had the talent to yeah you know kind of to that'll be a theme for this team for two years uh would when it when a when a a supremely talented team just kind of starts asserting themselves offensively um there there's especially when they start hitting three-pointers uh the defense kind of like would struggle in in patches yeah and ben hallen didn't need to worry about not having a timeout with 10 minutes to go in the game either so there was and that was even back when he had five timeouts and he still managed to plow through all of them in half an hour with tv timeouts and all these ungodly stoppages um they beat sc on my birthday uh that year they would come back home and this was again i think you know they they played this arizona state and arizona right as school was coming back the next uh the next day mark and it was you know it, it wasn't like you know, kids like kind of found their way back uh, before this, but it was a fairly decent crowd uh, on this night in Pullman to see Arizona. And we've already done a, a a podcast about this game, but was it one you were able to make it back for? And if so, what what do you remember from it? Because, you know, like that Gonzaga game really kind of cemented that we all thought this was a pretty darn good basketball team playing UCLA close, like Craig said, you know, disappointing. But, I mean, God, that's really good this kind of cemented that this team's legit. They're good. Yeah. Yeah. I remember, so I was living, uh, I grew up on Whidbey Island. So we were driving, we drove all the way from Whidbey, which is like a, to Pullman, like six, six and a half, seven hours. Yeah. So we left real early in the morning to get there. Cause I want to say it was like a seven o'clock tip and got into Pullman. I don't know, like six o'clock, uh, ran over, got into the game. And then really the only remember I have is, two things like illegally parking my car in the dorm because I didn't have time to actually go properly park it. Yeah. I parked in whatever pass I did not have and then came back to a ticket, which was totally worth it. And then I just remember the, (laughs) that was like the Dave and Harmerling like on fire game Mm -hmm. where I don't know. I want to say he had like 25, 28. I should look it up, but I just remember him raining threes, which was, he didn't score against UCLA. That was like the big thing against UCLA is we lost by like three, but David didn't score at all. 
and then he just came out on fire in that game. So I remember those two things. that He was on fire. I remember celebrating walking back and then getting a ticket in my legally parked car and being like, oh, I don't even care. Like, we just beat Arizona. Who cares about this? Yeah, who cares? $50. This is great. <laughs> I would later care about that $50, but at that point, I did not care about that $50. No. As a college student, you're always going to care about that 50 bucks. But, yeah, I mean, I can yeah. I can see why. Uh, 28 in that game for Harmeling, by the way. I think he had seven three-pointers in the second half or something like that. It was just absolutely insane what he did in that one. Uh, Kevin and Zane, did you also make it back uh, for that ball game or – uh, I know, Kevin, you live closer. Was that one you uh, went down for? I'm actually ashamed to say I was not at that game. I wasn't either, so that's I, fine. I'm trying to remember why not. I don't – I can't remember why because that was a Saturday, but then there was a Sunday when I drove down and then school started Monday. I have no idea why I didn't drive down Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I can't remember why. I remember watching it on TV. And yeah. I remember it, uh, going to overtime and um, them winning and the, everybody rushing the, rushing the court. And I remember my dad turning to me and saying, you could have been there, couldn't you? I was like, yeah, I, just, I don't know why I wasn't oh, there. But, God. but I know it was at insult to injury. I remember being very disappointed that I chose not to, to drive down on Saturday. I, I'm still trying to remember why, but it's one of those life regrets, I guess. Uh, Zane, did you hit uh, popcorn out of anybody's hand in this game? Or were we still sticking <laughs> with throwing pizza back a few miles? I was uh, I was more well behaved this game. I drove back as well. Uh, I remember campaigning on on Facebook to try to get everybody to come back and and uh, drive drive over early. And that was one of the cool things was it was a pretty well filled out student section. Mm-hmm. And with school not starting until Monday, it really felt like it was this like uh, you know hardcore of the hardcores situation where everybody was there was like we are here to go watch the Cougs win. And Arizona, you know, you always felt like Lute Olson was going to work the refs, and they had uh, Mustafa Shakur, and and they had all these really great players, and uh, yeah. it really felt like, you know, they they don't respect us. We're all here early. They put this game, you know, before we're all even back in school, and so it was a, its own amped up thing uh, again, which was great. It was a blast. Mustafa Shakur, there's another really good name. I forgot. Chase Budinger, too. Jordan Hill was on that. Good God, was this conference just loaded top to bottom in this one. Uh, Craig, this, I I guess, like I said earlier, you know, this was, you know, if the Gonzaga game kind of made us all feel like this team could be really good, did you feel like this kind of really that put them on the map officially as they beat Arizona at home? They are not to be trifled with in this conference. Yeah, and I got to say, I actually uh, came back for the Thursday game as well. Uh, I knew you would have. I know. Uh, I, yeah, God. Yeah, I remember the ropes on this one. We didn't even bother to go to the Arizona game. I know. We, we looked. He's making us look terrible. Yeah, I remember I, I left Yakima, and I, and I was like, I'll have plenty of time to get back. I think I left like a six-hour leeway. It's usually about a three, three-and-a-half-hour drive, and it snowed like crazy. And it mm-hmm. took me the entire six hours to get there. Like, and so I like ran right into the, into the Arizona state game. And I think there was, that was a very lightly attended game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the Arizona game, truth, one of my favorite memories at WSU. Um, my, uh, my Coug Center avatar um, is from that game. It was uh, an AP photographer took the photo and uh, it was pretty funny because Coug fan would use that photo for, probably almost 10 years. Um, and, 
and be, I, I'm, I'm sure that maybe Barry was not even aware that, that he was putting a, a Coog Center writer on the front page like once a week. Yeah, it uh, very conspicuously disappeared, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, so it was uh, it was pretty cool. I remember the um, I had I saw that photographer at Valhalla a few weeks later, and he said, mm -hmm. "I got you in the Seattle Times, man." And I was like, "All right." Uh, I did not wear the the beanie that I always wore to the game that game though, so which I'm glad. It, it, the beanie, it, it, the picture looks nice. I look very uh, like I, I look like I'm like fully flexed because I, it was <laughs> it was um, I don't even remember which play it was, but it was like who, who knows like it could full been, college it yoked could, Craig. It could have been like a, a it could have been like a, a a first half like two point basket and I probably would have been losing it. But I remember one of my best um uh friends uh from high school, um still one of my best friends, but we didn't see each other in college quite as much because he was in the frat and I wasn't. Um but he was sitting right behind me and or standing. Um and we just uh that that game was just a blast. Um like Zane said, it just felt like this like diehard um of course the diehard was still like probably three thousand students there at this yeah. point like but but like uh it just felt like these diehards and it felt like it's it felt like that that weekend before school starts when you don't have any responsibilities and so we i i think i went to bed at like 6 a.m after that game yeah um, yeah like it was that was like it was also the night that uh um the tony romo uh fumbled field goal seahawks to playoff game Oh. <laughs> um, I remember we, we went back to my buddy's frat and there was uh, some other guys that I knew and they were like, why didn't you go to the game? And they're like, well, we got to watch both of them. And I was like, who cares? Like you got to watch some <laughs> wild card playoff game. Like it's a very legendary game. Yeah. But you watch it on yeah. TV and I got to watch one of the biggest wins in Cougar history, but whatever. So, but yeah, after that, you're like, okay, like, we're two and one, we're three and one in conference and we have a win over Arizona under our belt. That game was super stressful. Uh, I don't know if you remember, but WSU blew a seven point lead in 40 seconds. They did. Yes. To, to force like to go into overtime. Um, but they, they, they prevailed in OT. Chris Matthews was playing in OT, which is wild. Like if you think about it. <laughs> Inadvisable um, too. <laughs> he got like, he got like the, the clinching like layup at the end of the game <laughs> like it um but yeah but yeah so you're just like you're feeling good like we're feeling good after that like it's okay yeah. Yeah, we're i think we probably jumped into the rankings after that for the first time all year mm -hmm. um and then it became i remember I had this uh uh this i, I was in the uh, getting my, my teaching uh degree well not degree but certification um and i had like this like um it was like teaching uh e-literacy or whatever so we it was like a computer lab we're in and everyone would just it was it was at like 10 o'clock in the morning and on monday everyone would sit and refresh the espn rankings page you could just see all around the lab like people just sitting and like hitting refresh until like just to see where we would be ranked every week every week like and so it started that week after we beat arizona yep. and then it was just they kept you know they would have some losses but they they won enough to like they, they would be basically continuously rising and and that's when it started the air yeah the, like you said like the the Gonzaga win was like the stepping stone and then the Arizona it's like okay we're we're like a Pac-10 title contender at this point I think now Kevin I'm remembering why I didn't go to that game I think I stayed home to watch the Seahawks game I think yeah. that's why probably actually now I feel shame, shame. Yeah. 
No, I was still, I was still, that's a pretty, it was a pretty funny thing to watch. <laughs> I do feel, I do feel ashamed many years later being new to Cougar fandom at that point. I'll, I'll accept myself here. Um, they would go on to beat Cal the next week and then a loss at Maples Pavilion. Did we ever play well at Maples Pavilion? I swear to God, we don't ever play well there. Like, I, I, I swear it just never happens. And it, they had, Stanford Weaver had the did. Lopez twins. Um, yeah. They were tough against the Bennett's. And, and that, was, that was another game. They made, they made a late run and uh, sent it to OT. That was a fun game. but Yeah. You know. What were you saying about Kyle Weaver, Kevin? I think that's the game he had a triple double. Yep. 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 Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, I'm whoopie doo. Like, it's like, so I do want to get to the game that, uh, that also, I, I don't want to say it gets forgotten this season, uh, because of those two bigger wins at home. And I, I'm kind of just like relooking at this schedule and like how many just insane wins were there at home for this team. But, uh, against Washington on January 20th, uh, I, we were talking about it before we started recording, and I think I misremember uh, Ryan Appleby's behavior in this game, and I also misremembered when the big run happened in this one. But Washington State beat Washington 75-47 to 47 in this game. I mean, it was just – it was completely insane. And Zane, I, I know as a super fan, uh, that had to feel pretty good to – to watch that game unfold oh, yeah. uh, because my memory was a blowout the first half, but now looking at the box score again, it was actually worse than the second half for the Huskies. Oh yeah. So my uh, over, over winter break, my brother uh, really wanted to go to the LSU UW basketball game is when big baby was a thing at LSU. Mm-hmm. And uh, we got tickets and my brother is, uh, gets around in a wheelchair. So the ADA seating is directly behind the student section at uh, at Heckhead. And I wore like a neutral color jacket, but underneath it, I had my Wazoo game day shirt of just a crimson tee with a white Cougar logo on it. And uh, I took it off right when they were announcing the opposing team's lineups and the UW student section, you know, had turned their backs to the court as <laughs> many do. And they're all looking at me and they're all just completely flabbergasted. Like, why is there someone in a I Wazoo mean- shirt? Which is, yeah, I it do. was very yeah, much. I, I get that, yeah. Yeah, it was again, yeah. Uh, and Spencer Hawes came down and hit a, like, 18-footer to ice the game at the end of the game. And uh, the crowd went, LSU called a timeout. The crowd went nuts. And uh, he comes off the court. And he's hyping up the crowd. And then all of a sudden, him and I lock eyes. And he looks at me, and he goes, what the fuck? <laughs> like, looking at my and, uh <laughs> And I started pointing at him, and I was like, "Yeah, baby, we're gonna dominate you!" Like I'm, like he can't hear me. I can't hear him because the stadium is so loud. And we're just screaming at each other as he, you know, went from hyping the crowd up to also being totally flabbergasted. And there was this great photo after the game because he had gotten injured and he didn't get to play, and he's sitting on the end of the bench, just totally sulking. And it was an amazing moment that uh, we had at the Cougs had just just throttled them because mm-hmm. there was so much hype that they got him. They had Brockman, and you know that they were going to have this incredible epic season, yep. especially after they beat LSU. And uh, that really felt like the nail in the coffin on their season and the we are really going places part yeah. of ours. 
Kevin, is that is that kind of what you remember from this one? Because I th- I think for me, like you know, my my dislike of UW had been hammered home enough. But I grew up in a house with a Husky fan who was more of a sports fan than the Wazoo parent. This game for me really just kind of really cemented how much I disliked UW, and I I, I don't know if it was the same experience for you, but did that help? Did it help to at least experience a sporting event where Wazoo just kind of smacked around UW and just kind of had no impediments to running away with a victory. Yeah, I've hated UW since the early 90s when I discovered Drew Bledsoe. So Way cooler than me then. A, a lot of times when we play UW, even when we beat them, it's a nail biter, especially leading up to that year. But it was so refreshing to just blow them out of the water. Mm-hmm. There was no stress, no worry. Um, it, I remember being very loud. I got there late for whatever reason. I was pretty pretty high up in the second level but um it was just no contest from basically from the beginning it was it was not even close i remember ivory clark doing a behind the head pass to kyle weaver for a dunk um it was so satisfying to just kick them out of beasley and i think i don't know if this was the season but there i remember hearing a story their their plane out of pullman was delayed or something so they had to get a substitute plane and Horizon just yes. happened to fly in the Cougar plane. Yes, this, what, I think, yes, I think this is this season, on. yes. Yeah, so they were just icing on the cake when I heard that. Oh, my God, I do remember that now. Yes, I remember actually driving to, driving to Moscow for Taco Bell because that was back when the Taco Bell only existed in Moscow and they're driving right by the Wazoo plane and seeing the UW bus there. Uh, Mark, I... Am I misremembering? We talked about this before, and I, I know, like, you know, our memory has a way of getting away from us. Did Ryan Appleby do the shushing thing in this game? I don't think – Craig says he didn't. I thought he did, but he maybe did the finger guns. Do you remember what thing Ryan Appleby did that it was so satisfying to then go take down UW, and also how satisfying was it to take down Ryan Appleby in this? I don't remember the shushing in this game, but knowing okay. him, he was always doing something. We actually were in – he was in my high school like conference, Wesco North, and so I remember he would, he did the same thing back then too. Of like, I remember they played our team in high school, and he did a lot of that. So yeah, it was equally satisfying for that too, just because of that. But I don't, I don't remember a direct shush. I just remember being so pleased that all of them were so unhappy like, across <laughs> the board. <laughs> it, it it lifts me up with joy that you are unhappy. Was it because? Like I t- like I asked Kevin because this was kind of like the first time you'd really seen a Wazoo team just take it to you just take UW to the woodshed in any sport, right? Yeah, and I, I think too like that season there were so many close games, especially in Pac-12 play. I think Arizona State was a blowout, but we it felt like every game was like a close game that year. Mm-hmm. You know, a couple of OTs and all that, and that was like the first like just curb stomping that really stands out. That wasn't like a non-conference play to where we just like whipped them. So yeah, that was. That was equally satisfying coming off, you know, the Arizona game and all that. The, nice to have some non-stress and just crush them. Yeah. Uh, I want to get into – because back back in this day, Oregon State was practically the only not good game and for or team. And for some reason, I still remember Jay John was the name of the head coach there. I, that, gotta, hold on. i got to mention the other thing about you, Doug. What? Uh, that the stu- there were so many students that wanted to go to that game. They had to turn away like 2,000 students. I and do not was, remember this was that. When wow. the student section was like five thousand, I think it was fifty five hundred. Yeah, it was like it was like and half they, the arena. I yeah, think. They, yeah, they 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 turned away like two thousand students. So like 
basketball like fever has set in at this point yeah well and yeah and then add in that it's u-dub and it just it just throws it because i I think that's that's the crazy thing because you're talking about like a third of the students wanted to go to this game which i mean for a football game right now is insane enough but for a basketball game back then just it's completely bonkers but i do want to talk about that um i do want to talk about a loss here real quick um the oregon loss craig was this the this was not the Marty Lewin game, right? This was, or was it? And you're grimacing, and I can tell that I, I am identifying it appropriately. And <laughs> he's, he's, he's not on the verge of tears, I think, but uh, we're getting close if I, if, I, if I keep going. This is, I mean, the, the Oregon loss, like, is one of the, like, most memorable Cougar losses I, I will ever have. Like, yes, this was the Marty, Aaron Baines fouls, Marty Lewin, Mm-hmm. brushes him at the most at, at basically at the buzzer uh, I think there was maybe half a second left uh, it was it wasn't much time left um, with WSU up two um, then Lunan hits both free throws so then they they get into overtime and it, I think there was a bank three from Brooks in there at some point too like there was just a and Aaron Brooks was such a, a very hateable guy the season before when Oregon was in town he waited until the rest of the team ran back in the locker room after they beat us and came back and flipped us off. Um, so he, he was very hated. Um, this is a game I, um, we had gotten word uh, that um, from some of my friends on the team that uh, Ernie was in hot water for. Um, oh my variety. God. And so um, I may have, I may have helped. This game? I may have helped start a chant just yelling ernie cheated um which is just about what we don't know no um, and so we got the certainly whole, like, certainly most, not in a country south of yeah. where we are located either yeah. and and so we had we had a, a lot of the student section cheering that and um <laughs> i i came to find out uh that uh oregon complained to the pac-10 about the chair of, of all schools, Oregon complaining yeah. about a student section chant? My goodness. Okay. So, yeah. But anyway, so back to the game. I am, <laughs> I am, I am a hothead at sporting events. No. Like, um, no. Uh, and uh, and um, as Zane said, like, I was always on the uh, – always roughly the same spot um, across from the Cougar bench in the front row. Uh, that's where me and my friends, my roommates and my friends – we're always at, we pretty much had that whole section. Um, but uh, this game, um, and I didn't, I never really thought of myself as some sort of like leader of the chance or anything. I was just, I'm just uh, a, a, a loud and uh, um, kind of boisterous individual boisterous person when I'm watching uh, Cougar sports in particular, mm-hmm. um, which my, a lot of my season ticket holder neighbors in football will back that up. Um, <laughs> But this game, uh, so right, right when, or I think Oregon went up 10, like right away in overtime. Um, and I think they were up nine or 10. Uh, there was a side out of bounds right in front of our seats. And there's a ref in front of me. We're all steaming because of that, the foul at, yeah. the, end of, at the end of regulation. I just start laying into the ref, like full throat, every swear word in the book like cussing this dude out all of a sudden there's a cop grabbing me 
in my face saying, you need to sit down and shut up. You're going to start a riot. Like you're, you're, you're inciting this entire crowd. You're going to start a riot. (laughs) And as somebody who was a, who was a year younger than you, you full on were going to start a riot because the entire (laughs) student section I can see it. Fully fed off your energy of like everybody was like it was like okay yeah Craig going nuts we're going nuts. So Craig got Craig got all these right. years the 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 accusation was false but insane. No yeah we would have followed you into battle on that one. Yeah hundred percent we were ready for any yeah yes. <laughs> yeah so I so that was with a couple minutes left in in overtime. I uh, I, I obviously argued with him because I was so hot. Like I was, he, like my girlfriend's time was like holding me back and my friends were holding me back because like uh, I almost got arrested at that game. Like, I, uh, like just for screaming at the ref. And then um, that, um, so I sat down, WCU ended up coming back and Lowe had a three to tie at the end. He was wide open, had a three to tie. But mm. I remember just like, like I slowly built back into cheering again. Like it was like, I'll just cheer quietly. I'll just, I'll, so like by, I was back into it by the end when they missed the three, but yeah, that was a pretty uh, memorable uh, loss. Um, it seemed every Oregon loss during that time period was somehow yes. controversial or uh, in some way. I will say that cop, the next game, the next home game, which I think was Stanford, um, he uh when we were waiting in line and then we'd run into our seats everyone was running he stands in front of me stops he's like there's no running you have to walk to your seat and he stands in front of me and so i'm like everyone else is running he's like no every there's no running and so he stops and blocks me from getting to my seat and he would do that every game after that obviously my (laughs) friends would save me the seat anyway but so like he had it out for me the rest of the season. Like, so I, I don't know, like, I guess I shouldn't like, uh, I'm so tall people pick me out so easily. So um, that was, was that was my brush with the law. Um, during <laughs> my brush with the law season. Oh my God. Yeah. I think Kevin makes a good point is that you're, you're very tall and distinctive. So it, uh, it makes it easy to pick you out especially when you're literally screaming at a referee. Uh, okay, I don't think we need to talk about that that horrifying uh, stuff anymore. Uh, kind of the next thing I, I want to move to here, um, I think the rest of the games, you know, as we go this season, they beat Arizona the next week in Tucson. I know the next game I want to get to uh, when the L.A. schools came up to – uh, to Pullman, are there any other games you guys want to get to in here? Because, you know, like I said, they would go down and they would sweep the Arizona schools, including 48-47, needing that last last moment uh, to beat the Sun Devils, a James Harden-led Sun Devils, and James Harden would never beat Wazoo while he was Arizona State. Uh, they beat Stanford and Cal, and then again at Washington, but another loss to Oregon. Is there anything else in there you guys wanted to touch on? Just the meanest dunk of all time by Ivory Clark on John Brockman. Yes. Oh, that's right. Yes. Yes, you're right. Yeah. And, and there, then, he just 
utterly posterized him, and I put that picture on Facebook and tagged all of my UW high school classmates <laughs> in the crowd. Look at Mark. Yeah. Look at Mark nodding along like vigorously. <laughs> I just remember. I mean, this was before Twitter or anything. That was like the first photo that, like, if you opened Facebook back then, every post was that. Like, everyone changed their profile picture to that photo of him just posterizing Brockman. That was, I could. That was a great great dunk and the photo after is just yeah i think it still circulates my facebook from time to time you know that's another great photo from that game you're talking about the one i shot of weaver with his nuts right in applebee's face (laughs) that's the other one that's the one i'm thinking that's the one i thought you guys were going to talk about it was like applebee was one of the most hateable huskies of all time Oh, he's just uh, like he's up there with Vinoy Overton for me. Yeah, it's like on the basketball Vinoy took team. the the mantle the next year, but like, yes, like so Appleby much. So. was just so hateable. And then that, yeah, it was those two pictures. It was like U Dub's like golden boy being dunked on by Ivory Clark, and then Ryan Appleby getting a, just nuts to the face from Kyle Weaver. That was he got that was, he got. He got he got a groin full of it right in right in the face in that game. I and it just even when I type in Ivory Clark and John Brockman into a Google search, the first thing that comes up is Kyle Weaver going into <laughs> going into Ryan Appleby's face. I think I think for the folks who maybe are younger than us or weren't paying attention to that was a very hateable UW basketball team. Oh, yeah. Like Hog oh, plus yes. Appleby was just those two guys like you could respect Brockman's hustle and all that but those two guys and their whole vibe so to beat them three times this season and for Clark to dunk on Brock it was just the best because they were so easy to hate yeah Brockman I never like really had a huge maybe I'm misremembering it because I've misremembered so many other things but like I never had a huge issue with the dude uh I think a lot of the players also didn't really he was super nice he was yeah he was a nice guy yeah yeah appleby was i wanted i wanted this yeah i wanted brockman to be worse so that he could complete the trinity yeah exactly of of appleby and haas he was way too nice yeah exactly um okay the next thing i i want to get to here is i i think my big memory from that last weekend of conference play back when it was in early march um was waiting outside forever before that UCLA game. Um, because to that point, I mean, I mean, you know, again, in so many ways all year, how many big games there are all season long. This is number two versus number 13 at this point. I don't remember if that's as high as we got ranked this year and someone can correct me if i'm wrong i think we jumped um, into the top 10 at some point and okay then yeah maybe right. hovered around like 12 okay, or 13 sure yeah. so I, I i think this this was the big game kevin and and this this was kind of like the one that like if they if they can do this there is no reason they can't beat usc they can't run through the pac-10 tournament and they they can't nab a really high seat in the ncaa what do you remember kind of in the lead up uh to this one I remember a lot of hype for the game um, as far as the lead up, but as far as the game, the one thing I remember is butt sweat. That was the next year. Oh, that was the next year. That was the next year because I was the one who led the champ. Yeah, that was the next year because I was the one who led the the champ. I I remember it was pretty hyped. It was pretty hyped in Beasley and 
pretty packed. Even and it was a Thursday night game, um, which the students will pack the place on a Thursday night. But a lot of the folks that have to drive into Pullman, um, they kind of focus on the weekend games. But I remember that Thursday night game was really packed from people driving in, and unfortunately we uh, we lost that one. But um, it was one of those classic low-scoring games, Ben Howland versus Tony Bennett, and uh, you know UCLA was they were number two in the nation. So yeah, expect. Luke Mba Amute, too, was on that team. And there's another good name of a really good legendary uh, basketball player from this era. Uh, does anybody else have any, like, because kind of, you know, like, when you go through a football season where the stuff, everybody's got memories of every game, but it just kind of, you know, when you have 30-some-odd games in a basketball season, it's kind of hard. Uh, Zane, is there anything you can recall specifically from this that sticks with you all these years later? I, I think this was, if I remember right, the – line to get into this game was really crazy. I feel like that, yep. that this was one of the first games where people, I don't know if people necessarily camped out overnight, but it was like, I remember, yeah, maybe Craig did. Yeah. <laughs> I remember being close to the front of the line to get in and it was like people were skipping class or holding spots for people to go back to, to go to class and come back. And that was the first one where I really remembered the line stretching out, like down past the field house. And, you know, there was, reporters coming up and interviewing students in the front of the line mm -hmm. and it really felt like a huge deal like number two UCLA uh the Cougs you know I, whatever we were ranked at that point that uh it was like the eyes of college basketball were really in Pullman that night which was pretty cool yeah was this the game that Tony went through the line and gave out pizza that was the next year there was an, oh, okay okay the senior night yeah okay that's what okay. That's they, what I, mean. I, I feel like they they might have come through line. Yeah, I I definitely camped out. It was very cold. Um, I I remember we had the like you said, they had Xboxes set up. I remember playing Sports Jeopardy, um, yeah. many hours <laughs> yes. Sports Jeopardy, where you uh, it was like it was a it was a, a modded Xbox, but it's a Super Nintendo version of Sports Jeopardy, and you it, it was you when you buzzed in, you had to get the names exactly right on the answers. And sometimes the names were too long to fit in, in their allotted space. So you had to know exactly how they spelled, spelled it. And that's like my endearing memory of the, of the thing. I do remember we, they, I think they, they told us we couldn't camp out, but we just showed up and they said, if they see any alcohol. So we were like, Hey, dude, like, don't like drink a beer at least in like we were like yelling at people like we want to camp out for this um i skipped class the whole day i i think i think a um an evergreen reporter came the night before and at and was like interviewing us and they were asking like why why are you doing this and i and i, I had an answer and then I, but i said and it's ucla but they just took like the it's ucla like that's all they took they took my quote and put in the evergreen and i so we were like reading the paper the next day waiting for the game and it's got like quotes from us it, like about why we're waiting in line for the game so that was that was pretty fun yeah like it was it was definitely like this is hyped and then yeah that could that was a, like a thing that continued into the next season when i wasn't there but i had friends that were still at school like like it started with that like that's when people started camping out which is the yep. during basketball season oh it's, it's horrible Oh my God. I remember the next year against, uh, before the Oregon game, I, it was like five degrees out. It was just bitterly cold the whole time. Um, another thing about that game, I think there's, we still had a chance. Like if we won the last two games of the season, um, of the, 
of the of conference play. If we beat UCLA and then we beat USC and then UCLA lost to UW, we would uh, win a share of the Pac-10 title, which we've never ever done. Nope. And so that was uh, that w- it was a huge moment for that. I remember being a really frustrating offensive game. I remember Aaron Baines missing a lot of layups. Um, I don't remember a lot else about the game other than just being frustrated that another team was locking us down like we locked everyone else down. And yeah, that was a that was a that was a Ben Howland uh, special right there. I think really he just I mean the guy when he was at UCLA a lot of people don't remember Ben Howland for what he was, but I mean straight the, final fours yep, exactly, and he was a dang good coach. Uh, Mark, the next game. Very close against USC, and it's it was such a good game, so back and forth. But I only remember it for Tony Bennett throwing his jacket onto the court and screaming at Tim Floyd. Yeah, I, I, I there was like a moment Craig talks about inciting inciting riots. I thought that there was going to be a riot during that whole sequence. <laughs> Like, the student section at that point was so just riled up, and there was so much going on that I was like, there was a moment where I thought, wow, this is going to get really bad. But, yeah, that game, I remember that. And then I remember that game always as, like, the Aaron Baines breakout game. Like, Mm -hmm. he – I think he – I think that was actually – when you think back now, at least when I do, I think of, you know, Rochester and Baines as, like, these always consistent performers because you think of how they played the next year and how they left. But really, neither of those guys got it going until really late in the season. And I think – I looked it up earlier, but I think USC was that – they're both of them scored 20-plus for the first time in their career at WSU that game. And then, of course, they, like, went on that in the Pac-12 tournament and in the NCAA tournament were, like, huge contributors. But we didn't really have a bench to that point. There was games where we had, like, four points off the bench. We played five guys. And then yeah. USC it was, like, Rochester kind of broke out, and then Baines had, like – Baines looked like this huge legitimate big man of like, whoa, this guy's like 25 points. He was, yeah. So that, that's what I remember the most about that game is thinking like, wow, we have like this whole new arsenal headed in the NCAA tournament of these guys who are now kind of figuring it out and putting it together. Yeah. I mean, Zane, to Mark's point, uh, Aaron Baines was 10 for 10 in this game. The dude did not miss a field goal in this game. And I also forgot uh, that it was a two OT game. And so I was even more stressed apparently than I recall being stressed because I have luckily pushed that out of my brain. Oh yeah. Up until that point, I remember, I remember seeing Baines walk on campus and he would always have jorts with flip flops on and a t-shirt no matter how cold it was. And he had this strut that Seems totally unjustified other than that he was 6'10", 260. Like, you're, you can strut like that because you're a big man. Yeah. And that was the game where it was like, yes, you deserve the strut. Strut around on campus where, wherever you want to. Uh, I was reading about this game before uh, we, we hopped on. And I think uh, to really put it into perspective, you know, Lodrick Stewart for USC, who missed, his, he missed the potentially game-winning free throw, like almost as time expired in regulation, I think. He was quoted saying it was I've ever heard when he missed that. Totally. Yeah. And he said after the game, it was the funnest game of his college career and like a losing effort, you know? So it was just a crazy atmosphere. And yeah, to Craig's point, I, I I was screaming my guts out and it seemed like all 12,000 people in Beasley were doing the same in that moment. And it felt too, if he had made the second, he was going to make the third and the game was going to be over. So the fact that he had missed that was huge. Kevin, I, I think, 
you know, like I described, you know, I had kind of fallen so in love with this team all year, but were you ready to just like run down onto the court when Tony Bennett got all angry? And like when he came, he came back over to the student section and started like pumping them up even more like, yes, please get louder for this team. Like what did that, what does that moment kind of mean to you so many years later? I, that's what I vividly remember from the game is him throwing his jacket down and him and Tim Floyd coming together kind of at the scores table, just barking at each other. But um, Mark mentioned it was almost like a near riot atmosphere. And there were actually cops that had to run out onto the court just to make sure nothing crazy happened. I remember a photographer running out onto the court and a athletic department employee, John David Wicker, shout out to him. Great guy. Um, I think he's the athletic director at San Diego State now. But he went over and grabbed the photographer by the collar and just yanked him off the court. And that kind of got people riled up as well. Um, and then, like you mentioned, Bennett popping up the crowd afterwards, it was an insane atmosphere, another insane atmosphere from that season. And I remember that was, that was quite possibly the most stressful moment of, of any Cougar sporting event that I've ever been at in person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did he, did Floyd get kicked out? I don't think he got kicked out. Right. No, neither, I mean, Bennett didn't get kicked out. I know that, but neither of them got tossed. Right. No, Floyd got tossed the next year in Pullman. That's right. That's right. That's right. He got tossed the next year during the OJ's guilty chant. That's what yeah. got uh, a lot of people in that. And that got a lot of people angry too. Uh, that wasn't the only chant we did in that building. They got the, uh, what was that one Craig again? It was, Oh, Ernie cheated. Yeah. That, yeah. Well, our future. I feel like the, the three, the three greatest chants that I experienced at WSU as a student were all Craig and you, Michael. <laughs> well, I didn't start the OJ's I like throated that. I, I am obviously loud, so I lent my voice to that one. But yeah, the I, I do take, put that on my CV that I started the butt sweat chant and almost got kicked out by his dad. That was a lot of fun. Uh, They beat Washington uh, for a third time that season, this time in the Pac-10 tournament, knocked them out, lose to SC to finish things. So for the first time in, it had been, what, 12 years, I think, that they had been to the NCAA tournament? Yes. Did did, uh, anyone else go to to the tournament selection show party? I did not. Was that in Bowler? Yeah. Yeah, I was there for that. That, yeah. That was cool. It was just so cool because we're all just waiting. We're like, please put us in Sacramento. Like, that's just all you want. Like, please put us in Sacramento. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it, it, I remember uh, it just being an, an awesome moment when the we pop up on screen. Like, we knew we were going to do it, but like, still, like, we're still rooting for. I remember me and my buddies or me and my friends, like, we're like, if if it's in if we're going to Sacramento, we're gonna go. Like that's that's where like if it's in Sacramento, we can we can like drive there. It was over spring break too, I think, wasn't it? Right? Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, I think it was. It, it, yeah, because yeah, I was I was home watching the game, so it was definitely yeah. over spring break. Yeah, so we were just that's what you were rooting for was the location and and the the high seed, and they got them both. And I remember when it popping up on the screen, like the team was so excited and everyone was so excited. It was. It was just cool to be like, hey, we're selected. And then, and then the contrast of uh, when you got home and you watched the NIT selection show um, where uh, they have UW on camera the whole time sitting in their, um, in, in their practice gear, um, getting ready to go practice after they get selected. And then they uh, actually did not even get selected to the NIT with their uh, glorious uh, uh, roster of Brockman and Haas. 
Um, it was just a, a super satisfying day. <laughs> Look at Zane. Zane smiling. The CBI and lost. Yeah, I think they went to the CBI and lost against Valparaiso, yeah. right? Yeah. I, I think it was the first year of the CBI too. So we're like, what the yeah. heck is this? What is this? And then they lose at home in the first game. That's that's a classic team that doesn't care about uh, where they are for sure. Um, uh, Mark, I want to start with you. Do you remember anything about that game against Oral Roberts to start the tournament off? Or was that – because I think the thing that, that I glean from my memory in that is just that they did exactly what they should have done against a 14 seed, and they absolutely just – it was 70-54, but it, it didn't even really feel that close for a lot of the game. See, I remember the opposite of that. I remember being really? way more stressed than I probably should have been during that game. And I feel like – I'm trying to remember, but I think it was close at halftime or we were even maybe down. We were trailing at halftime. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. We trailed most of the first half, yeah. And then I remember Ivory Clark. I, that's the only thing I remember is that guy just took over, and, or at least in my head took over, and, like, had a huge second half or a huge game. I want to say maybe he led us in scoring and just, like, had this huge game that kind of, like, sealed it. But, yeah, I remember that first half and even like into the second half, just being way more stressed than I thought it was going to be during that game. Maybe Thank God for Ivory Clark. Yeah, there you go. I think another thing I blocked out, 19 points in that game. And actually, Washington didn't go to the postseason at all that year. They didn't even go to the CBI. Oh, maybe that was <laughs> the next year then. Oh, uh, sucks to be them. Uh, so, Craig, you ended up going down. Yeah. Uh, it, it just, I mean, it's – you know, uh, more stressful than I than I clearly remember it. But uh, describe the feeling after that of how you feel at you know knowing that they're going to advance in the tournament. I don't know if we knew that they were playing Vanderbilt at this point yet or not. But how did it feel to at least get a win in the tournament? Well, I kind of want to back up a little bit. Sure. Um, I don't know if you all remember Bennett Balls. Oh yeah. So <laughs> we only got a uh, hundred ticket student allotment for the for the the tournament mm -hmm. and so uh zach wirtz who was our president my senior year um who was a former butch and uh now famous for um uh, being on vice as a um, political tracker uh you should check that out he's wearing a coup cat the whole time because he always wears a coup cat he's a um he still always wears a coup cat but anyway so he was the president at the time and he came up with the idea um to distribute the tickets he hid little cougar, little tiny cougar basketballs all around the um, campus. And so we basically got up at like two in the morning and just started, he's, he was very vague about when they were going to be placed. And I remember just roaming campus and my friend Heather found one in a Todd Ontorium vending machine. And that's how we got our tickets. Um, <laughs> Like she found, she found one of the Bennett balls in the Todd Odd and in Todd Benny machine. And I was just like, like the most insane way to distribute tickets I've ever Well, seen. no, that's exactly what I was going to ask. It's like, can you imagine that decision being made now is like, hmm, how should we hand this out? Random draw to those who apply, get in line, we hand out tickets. No, let's hide miniature basketballs all around campus and allow a lot of randos to just find them and you got to go out and hunt for your dang tickets. Like, Zane, that's, that's really stupid, right? Oh, yeah. I remember that and, I, and looking and not being able to find any and being super frustrated. <laughs> <laughs> God. Yeah, okay. 
so Sorry, we got no. our tickets and we were we drove down in in heather's kia um with our friend jason who was a man who's a manager on the team but like not high enough status apparently to travel with yeah to travel with the team yeah he was going down and his dad was meeting him there and they and they because he lived in i think boise and that's because they were meeting him there um but i i remember we went to the prat we drove down it was like 14 hours overnight to get there i drank so much um uh mountain like monster i'm sorry monster things and i had we had to pee every 20 minutes and uh, I'm full of stories for this season, by the way. This is my favorite uh, college basketball season. You guys are just going to have to listen to me talk. Um, so <laughs> um, somewhere around near Mount Shasta, we're, we're basically taking every exit to pee. And if you've ever driven in that area, there's not a lot of exits. No, but, there are not. Um, the, we're taking every exit to pee. We stop at this one really sketchy looking place. Um, I go into the back. I go pee. Like, I see there's all these, like... Um, world war ii era newspapers plastered on the wall everywhere i go into the bathroom there's a clawfoot bathtub in the bathroom with a mannequin in like victorian era dress like pointing with her face to look right at you as you're standing above the toilet and and there's there's a window in the bathroom and i swear to god there was someone looking into the window so i'm peeing i come out and my friends and my um, my friend Heather was buying something at the thing at the, at the at the check stand, and the guy, in the most like backcountry bumpkin accent you could think of, looks at our car with and she had put flags on it, had decorated it, and he's like, "What's with those flags? You a bunch of foreigners?" And we're I'm just like I look at her and he like had his hand on his shotgun behind. Like he had the, sh the shotgun behind the behind the thing, and like so, I was like, Heather, we're gonna go to the bathroom at the next stop. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Like after I saw the clawfoot bathtub, and then like so, we hit back on the road. I, I, you know, I'm six foot five. I drove the whole way front and back because they were both. I was with two terrible drivers. I was not letting anyone else drive that car, um, even though it wasn't even my car. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not letting this happen. We're driving at five o'clock in the morning, and you both suck at driving. You're not doing this. Um, but I, I remember thinking I was going to die of a blood clot to my brain because I had I was so hopped up on caffeine. And we finally get there. We we go we get our hotel and then we go straight to Arco Arena for the um, practice. Mm -hmm. so there's all this stuff that you don't like know, but yeah, you can go watch open practice because it's NCAA tournament. And this dude from the Moscow Pullman Daily News interviews us, and. Uh, he asked us like, how are you staying awake? So I like joked, said, oh, we were, you know, yelling music we could yell to like Kelly Clarkson. I said it like really jokingly. And that's a quote he puts in the newspaper. You with the newspaper quotes this season. <laughs> you with the terrible, what is terrible quotes in newspapers. Yeah. So we were just, yeah, I, I remember it was like, I, I, I can never find the article again. Like one of my friends had saved it. Um, but like the, but like, I think, I think you could probably find it if you pay for the Moscow Pullman daily news, like maybe find it. But like, it's just like, I, I remember we drove, we went there. He, one of the, um, one of the reporters looks at me and he goes, I wasn't wearing my beanie. And he goes, where's your beanie? And then that's when I realized I'm like, oh my God, like maybe I'm a, a little noticeable in the front. Um, uh, but yeah, it was, but as for the game, uh, it was stressful at the start. 
because you're just thinking like you root for these upsets every year in the tournament because WSU's never in it and you don't care. And then yeah. suddenly like we're down early. They're hitting a bunch of threes. Uh, but right at the end of the half, um, WSU scored and then Weaver stole an inbounds pass and dunked the ball right after. And that's when you felt like, all right, like we got this. And then, yeah, Ivory yeah. Clark went off. And then, yeah, we ran away with it. And then you're feeling, feeling pretty good. We were up in the, the student section, which was up high in the rafters for that game. But um, the next game, we actually just snuck on down to the front row. Yeah. I do want to talk uh, about that game uh, that Wazoo would unfortunately lose and end their season on. I, you know, I think obviously we all had – much higher hopes than the round of 32 here, Kevin. Um, but I, I what's, what's kind of the thing, you know, I'm kind of asking these indelicately, like in terms of what you're remembering, but I, I think, and I actually made sure to look it up to back up my thought this time, um, that at least early on, uh, you know, it seemed like Wazoo, you know, it was a little back and forth in the first half, but then Wazoo just kind of took control uh, and really got out to a nice big lead in the second half before Vanderbilt all of a sudden found their way back into it, took the lead. And then it was very back and forth the rest of the way uh, before they went to OT. Um, I guess I can remember kind of the shock of thinking like, Oh my God, this team is vulnerable in some way and they could lose this game. Yeah. I remember, I don't know if it was the first or the second overtime, but Taylor Rochester had a breakaway layup that was blocked from behind um, and I, if he had made it, uh, either we would have gone up or we would have extended a lead, which would have, you know, helped us pat our lead and probably win the game. And I remember being just heartbroken when that happened. Um, and then, like you said, to turn around and lose to a lower seated team, they were, you know, we were the higher seated team. So you kind of expect to win. Yeah. Um, we're disappointed to lose, but it was kind of nice to hear the announcers um, kind of call this an upset. Um, which it was based on seating. So I, I remember being very disappointed, but I also remember that uh, we only lose one senior in Ivory Clark, who's a big contributor. Um, but mm -hmm. yeah, it was, you didn't want the season to end that soon. And, you know, really it probably shouldn't have, but that's just the way it goes. Mark, did you kind of feel the same way? Cause I, th I think I had the same feeling after the game was, I mean, this really sucks, but at least next year we're looking pretty good. Right. Yeah, I just – I remember the last minute of that game being, like – or the last minute of regulation of that game being just the worst, where, like, I think Weaver missed a free throw, like, the second of a – second end of one. And then uh, the guy who I will always hate forever, Derek Byers, who killed us in that game, I think he missed a jumper. And then maybe Harmeling or Rochester had one at the end to win. But it was just, Harmeling, like, yeah. the last minute of that game was yeah. – so, of regulation was so back and forth. But, yeah, I mean, Derek Byers, still hate that guy. Never met him, but, yeah, still don't like him. <laughs> I do remember thinking, um, though, that, like, you know, once you kind of got over it of just the way – because Baines, I think, had a really good game for the tournament. You know, that this guy who early this season couldn't do anything was now, like, rounding into form. That there was bright side, but, yeah, it took a while to get over to get over that one for sure. Zane, how about you? Was that – I mean, it's it's a disappointing end to a season, but I think, you know – like we described at the beginning, you thought this team was going to be better, but you had no idea that this is where everything was going to go to this point. Yeah, it, it, 
I was. It felt it was. It felt like such a magical run to that point that yeah. it was really rough to go out that way because mm-hmm. the team could play such good defense and it always seemed like somebody would get hot, which you need in the tournament or that is going to help you in the tournament. And I remember when Harmelin caught that ball, I thought it's, it's, it were sweet 16. And when it rimmed out, he also, he kind of didn't really seem the same after that for the rest of his WC career. In a lot no, of ways, he didn't. No. Um, you know, and, and Weaver only scored five points, which is a bummer. You know, looking at it, you know, Ivory Clark only had two after he really took the game over in the opening round, like Mark had said. So I was I was really elated that they had made the tournament and they were – I had so much fun. But to see Vanderbilt then almost knock off Georgetown in the next round, it felt like that should be us. We should have been in the Sweet yeah. 16, maybe even going to the Elite Eight. And so I felt just – so much anticipation for the next season. Like this team is going to be awesome, but it was all cold comfort in the moment because it felt like they were right there. Yeah. Uh, Craig, was there a blood clot issue uh, on the way back uh, to back home after that? And did you find a more acceptable bathroom to use on the way back? We adopted the, I adopted five. That was when I discovered five hour energy shots on the way back. Ah, (laughs) there you go. I will say, I, I remember we, as I said, we kind of, we just sat in the front row for that Vanderbilt game because mm-hmm. like some, one of our friends was like, no one's sitting in those seats. Like, so we sat right behind the bench and that harmling shot was right in front of me. And I remember as soon as you let it go, you could see it was off and it was like, just such a bummer. And I think Rochester uh, missed a, a three at the end mm-hmm. of uh, the second OT. And that's when you knew we were going to lose. I was in and out. Like he, uh, um, and I do remember Lowe hit a three with like 30 seconds left in the first OT uh, that tied the game. So that was just such a up and down game. Byers was ridiculous. The only highlights I can find in the game is Byers hitting a bunch of threes. Um, <laughs> so like, he, he was definitely, that's the type of like Bennett extends the pack a lot more now um, at Virginia than he did back then. But back then um, basically if you had a guy who could hit, uh, threes beyond the three-point line a few few back they could dominate you and in, in yeah. the second half he did that I think he hit five threes in the second half and it, it was a real bummer I will say when we were super bummed but um, the UC, UCLA was the the other game in the session and their mm-hmm. fans rooted for us and that was because re- it was all UCLA fans so we had the the arena was on our side like it was yeah. wild like you, we, even though we were the higher rated team like all the UCLA fans were rooting for us and That's so we, cool. We stuck around and got to watch um, uh, UCLA Indiana like right after. That was the game yeah. in our session. Like so, I'll always remember that game to watch like two of the most uh, you know historic programs play, and it was a good game that they played. And and uh, but yeah, we drove home. We got in the car right after UCLA and Indiana, and drove straight back, um, and got made it all the way until about an hour outside, like uh, around Washtucna. I got pulled over. And we basically told the officer that we have just driven all the way back from Sacramento overnight and he did not give us a ticket. <laughs> <laughs> no, you got all the way here. Like, I'm not going to worry about speed it. Speed home, man. Go like, ahead. Go on, dude. Don't worry about it. You're good. Um, I want to close um, with this. And I think it's, it's kind of, you know, I, I kind of mentioned it at the beginning a little bit where you know where 
my real rabid Wazoo fandom comes from is from this season and frankly the next season of basketball when we had basketball and you know we didn't really have football we're kind of in that this weird generation of Cougs who that's what really got us into 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 being a Wazoo fan and and Kevin I'll start with you because I know I know for you like you said you know it started back with Drew Bledsoe but did this season kind of like really intensify it for because obviously you've been going to WSU games and you've been a WSU fan, but did this just kind of up up the roller coaster for you, just like straight up a a, a curve on a graph? And I'm now running out of uh, uh, <laughs> I'm running out of words even too. Uh, no way. But yeah, I know. I, I, rare for me. Uh, but th- did this just really intensify your Coug fandom? Absolutely. Um, like you said, th- those years when we were in college, we were a basketball school, mm-hmm. um, which is weird to say after the past six, five, six years of football, but um, especially the way the games were played, they were always, almost always intense, almost always very close. That's just the way Bennett team, Bennett teams play. So um, there was never any relaxing. You were always on your toes. You were, your heart rate was always going. That's just the way it was. Yeah. Um, so that, that, that just made it so much sweeter. Yeah, exactly. No, I and I, I, I can't. I'm, I'm trying to think of like an easy, like that UW game is pretty much like the only one I can really think of that. Like, oh yeah, that was a cruise. Yeah. Uh, Mark, how about you? Because again, you know, we're talking about, you know, I, the football was okay, but it just it was not this, and it was not the rabid atmosphere on a it, every single Saturday for four months or you know so many home games. You didn't get that much in football. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think those games were just, the last couple years were just so fun to be a student and to go to those games and the atmospheres were so crazy. I mean, the only time I've ever, thinking back to like what Friel felt like at that time and being in the student section, it was so hot and there was so much energy. It was just like this mess. And I mean, the only sports atmosphere I've ever been in that's close to that is uh, the Marshall Lynch Beast Quake game against the Saints. Like that's the only Mm -hmm. moment I've ever like been in in a sports arena where it like felt like the the uh, like Beasley did back then. So I think it yeah. was just like it was so unique because it kind of to a lot of people in Pullman came out of nowhere. You know, Craig was on it for three years, but for a lot of people, like it, no one was expecting that year, and it was just it was fun and just crazy. And yeah, I mean, those are definitely some of the the best sporting memories I think I ever have. Yeah, Zane, we already know you you got like red dye on your face from hugging at an apple cup and plowed through a what was left of a chain link fence to run on the field at Husky stadium. But these years had to be up there for you. hundred percent. It was really core to the community. I, and, and connection I feel to Wazoo and, and those, it wasn't just that, Oh, we didn't have football. And so we gravitated to basketball. It was its own unique, beautiful thing of, the students, us all figuring it out. Like we weren't a very organized student section. <laughs> we were just really big and really loud and really crazy. And to start to see the quotes come in from opposing teams of how intimidating it really was felt like this cool bit of validation. And the, the team was, they would just choke the opposition out. I mean, if we were up 10 with five minutes left, we might as well have been up 20 was how it felt at times. And and it would still get super dicey and your heart would be pounding, but it would also be like you knew that they were going to come good. And it was such a 
fantastic sporting experience. I feel mm-hmm. super lucky to have gotten to have been there when it happened. Craig, I know you said this was your your favorite like sporting season of, of anything you've ever attended. And I, you know, you hard to think of anything getting better than that for your senior year that you got to you get to really experience something like that. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, I had my 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 freshman year was the holiday bowl, but the I, there was nothing like that. But I mean, we were we kind of even though we were picked like seventh that year, we still kind of thought we were going to be good. And there was like a there was like an arrogance around the football program, but like there was just like that that first Gonzaga game, seeing the crowd. Like I just remember all my friends that have been going for years and years, like just being in such disbelief, and just like that whole season, just like where it was just like Zane said, this just incredibly intimidating group of students. And like, it was, it's always the seasons that are most like memorable and the ones that are, are the, the ones that um, you just kind of are enjoying the ride because you never expected it. Like the next year yeah. um, was fun, but we we were supposed to be good. And so there's like this pressure that we're supposed to be good. But this year was like, holy crap, we're like stealing something right now. Like this is not supposed to happen here. And it was such a blast. And I, that's why I just have so many stories from it. And I could talk about this for like six more hours, but like, it's, it's, it's just like, it was such, it was so much fun to have, to have that, those, those years of going to Beasley and watching us lose close games and just having it. I remember um, like saying to my friend, like, I I think it, it was, early in the season, I was like, this is such a place of pain. Like, it's such a place of pain. Like, we've seen <laughs> so much pain here. Like, close yeah. losses, after close loss, especially the season before. It was just, we had a, it, it, the season before, we had a weekend when I, I think it was like, we lost to Cal 39 to 37 and Stanford 41 to 39. Oh, that God. Was the senior, that was senior oh. night weekend. That, that, that was like Randy Green's senior night. It was like 41 to 39. And it was just like, this is like, and then we're coming out like the Gonzaga game and then the Arizona game and the, and the, like all of the stuff in between, like it was such a blast and it was so cool just to see something organically grow. Like, yeah, there was the zoo crew. Um, but, and I think that helped like grow the student support yeah. because you had these people walking around campus and being like, Hey, come to the basketball games. But, but it, it just, it was, it was just the energy of a team doing really well and everyone being like, it's cold. We don't have anything else to do. Let's go to, let's go to Friel and let's scream our heads off for two hours. And it was just so much fun and so much fun to have an identity. Like we, like, obviously we just went through a great football, like a, a great se- like several seasons of football where we have this identity and we've always had identities on, on our great football teams at WSU, but like to have a basketball team that had such an identity was so cool. Yeah. It's like, we play defense. Like I think, um, I think we have a we have a um, an emoji on our Kook Center Slack that's drop seventy, so it runs up. And I think it was Zane that said we need to switch it to drop fifty five uh, for this. And so that was really funny because uh, it's like fifty five <laughs> points was generally enough. Yep. Like it was generally enough to win fifty five points. Um, so yeah, it was just uh, I have so many memories and, and yeah, just happened my senior year. It was kind of like this. I bummed that I didn't get to be there. I did I, I, the one game I got to go, and I did sit in the student section the next year, and my student card still worked because I had done student teaching in the fall. Um, was was the senior night game um, 
which uh, I'm sure you'll have someone talk about at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I can come back and talk about that one if you want. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> uh, but, but uh, yeah, so, but yeah, it was just like these guys were just our guys and, and it was so fun to watch them reach this like mountaintop and it was so sad to watch them lose to Vanderbilt, but ultimately yeah. you just have such great memories. You know, it's so funny. I think you mentioned, you're like, it's so cold out. We just need to go do something. And I, I think I can remember on at least one occasion being like, you know what? It's warm in there. I really need to go to Beasley. Yeah, it's, it's, it's warm. A, try wearing a beanie the whole game when it's, when there's like 10,000 people and it's 400 degrees. Craig, I'm, I'm a Swede. We don't do well in more layers and heat. That's not, that's not something that goes well for us. Uh, Zay Murphy, Craig Powers, Mark Sandritter, Kevin Dudley, thank you so much, guys, for sharing your memories of this great season. And, Tony, I'm sorry, so sorry you could not be here, bud. We'll have you on the show anytime. We really would appreciate it if you would. But thank you guys very much again for joining me. Thanks, Michael. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, Just go to cars.com. It's magical.